When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Troy Nunes is an Absolute Podcast. Uh, I am your host currently this week, Steve Haller, because Andy Pregler decided to have trivia night because, well, he forgot. Um, well, he forgot also, trivia. trivia. He forgot trivia wasn't canceled. That's what it was. Yeah. He assumed trivia it was for the holiday. Takes, <laughs> trivia night takes no breaks off. That's all I can say. Yep. And with me, as always, Christian de Guzman. How are we doing, buddy? Pretty good. Um, I, you and I are both very excited because of the Kenobi uh, series that dropped this past weekend. We were talking about that, and I am very excited for waking up for on Fridays for the next uh, four weeks to enjoy that. Well, if you woke up on Friday, it should be uh, off the mark because it comes out on Wednesdays moving forward. Oh, really? Wonderful. That makes it even better. Wow. Yep. So a nice short week before you get the next one. And, uh, exactly. If, uh, if if the rest of the season is as good as the first two episodes were, then we'll probably end up with a Kenobi corner at the end of this uh, the, oh, yeah. these podcasts moving forward. So mm-hmm. uh, anyone who has a fledgling interest, go out and watch it because it was that good. Yeah. Um, other than that, you'd think that we wouldn't have a full-blown Syracuse football podcast in the end of May. But I think here we are. We, here we are. Mm-hmm. That's... It was it's you that always says it's always cold football season. Oh yeah, no matter Absolutely. what, and th- that proved starkly true this week with Syracuse. the The big thing that came out of Syracuse this week uh, was the addition of a new quarterback, which I don't think a lot of people were thinking about. Um, if I'm right, we don't have John here to track the scholarships for us, <laughs> but if I'm right, that's the last available scholarship as well. Yeah, I was hesitant. I was hesitant. I was hesitant to actually say that for definitive in the article that I wrote announcing the announcement. But Carlos Del Rio Wilson is a transfer from Florida. He would only spend his true freshman year there last year, so he has four years of eligibility left. Um, and based on all indications of where the scholarship numbers are, that's the last available scholarship roster spot that is taken up for Syracuse. So that spawns two interesting discussions. And we'll start with the first one, which is the yeah, how it affects the quarterback room. Because right. how it affects the quarterback room is very, very interesting, especially with no Justin Lampson there right now. Yeah, and I think that may have had one major impact on this signing. Because going into fall ball, it, to me, this means that Lampson's injury was substantial. And it wasn't just a, okay, we'll, you know, uh, have surgery, rehab a couple weeks, and we're back for the fall. Getting, what do we have now, five QBs in the QB room? 
Yeah, including Lamson. Yeah. And then if you want to throw Luke McPhail in there, you throw Luke McPhail in there right. as well. So, so six bodies listed as quarterbacks on the depth chart, uh, including, you know, Jacoby and Morgan, who at this point, uh, until we see a snap from Carlos Del Rio Wilson, is probably the backup again. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad you said that also. I'm glad you said that also because I am also in the camp that thinks that Morgan looked better than Dan Valori did. Yeah, in and the spring game, it was it was pretty game. definitive. Um, that may have been a function of a couple of things, including Valori being relatively new to the system, new to playing in the dome, new to whatever. But Morgan definitely looked the better of the two during the the scrimmage. And yes, Valori was playing against the full strength. Well, as full strength as they could get first-team defense, uh, albeit with a couple of um, substitutions with no Justin Bear and no Elijah Clark. But that was Dan Valari going up against the full first-team defense, which we expect to be good again like no, it was Lampson, last year. Lampson was running against the... Oh, no, Lampson was running... Okay, yep. Lampson yep. was, yeah, Lampson was running with was, the first oh, team. Lampson was running the ones, got it. Yes. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thing we forget as well, yeah, that uh, Lampson was running against the second team. So while he looked good, yes, it was against the second team. Yeah. And while Volari looked bad, yes, it was against the first team. But to bring that all into circle, Lampson looked better and looked far better than Morgan and Volari did and McPhail did in the spring game. And that gave people a lot of hope. And then when the report came out, that Lampson was injured and out indefinitely with his lower body injury, uh, assumed to be a new injury. Um, that that leaves that does leave the quarterback room in a state of limbo because if for some reason Schrader gets injured or doesn't perform up to expectations, while Morgan is a suitable backup, and maybe if it's Valari, it's Valari, but you'd like to have another body in there because you saw what happened in 2020. Like you don't want to go that down that route again. Right. And from from this staff standpoint, you're picking up a four star talent in high school who was a SEC commit and has four years of eligibility left. Now he didn't see the field or was working into the rotation at Florida because true freshman and taking a red shirt. Um but in the SEC. <laughs> well, yeah. And so it's uh and he had, his offer sheet was downright impressive. So I, I think Anae and Beck may have been able to cherry pick one out of this and see. I I didn't see whether they had looked at him uh, back in the day. I I'd assume they yeah, may have extended an offer, but I didn't see anything from Virginia that would notate that would uh, identify that. Hmm. Well, either way, he uh, uh-huh. you know with being an elite eleven kid from Georgia, there's there's talent there. Like mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what they can do with it and what they can mold it into, but uh, it might have been <laughs> held with the with this offer list. It may have been one where they didn't even throw it at him because they didn't think there was a chance they'd get him. So, yeah, um, yeah. And and a reminder is like for those of you know who, who don't know what Elite Eleven is, Elite Eleven is a quarterback camp uh, specifically for the best high school quarterback recruits. Um, you have people like Caleb Williams and Tua Tonga Viola attend that camp. Um, and really make a name for themselves coming out of high school. And, of course, Syracuse court, former Syracuse quarterback Tommy DeVito was also at that camp. Um, so it's, there is actually a pretty good bit of talent that attends that camp specifically. Um, so you know Syracuse is getting someone at least competent at what he's doing. Yep. And 
I think the point also of the like quick pickup, he only entered the portal on April 19th. So oh, this took only this... a little over so this took only a little over a month. It was an after spring ball portal entry. And so hmm. it took little it took a little over a month to get in to Syracuse. Maybe because you got also to remember Florida is going through a coaching change as well. So maybe oh, yeah. after the spring ball just didn't fit into what he thought he would fit into coaching staff wise. Remember that's how Syracuse got Francois Knowlton as yep. well. Because Francois Knowlton was a Florida commit before Dan Moen and his entire staff was fired after a not so great Florida season. So there there's a culture change that's happening there right now. And so that's probably not too surprising as well when you have a guy who essentially, you know, entered the it's kind of like what Treater what happened with Treater. He entered school with one coaching staff. That coaching staff left pretty early on, and the second coaching staff came in, uh, didn't play up to what he thought he was going to play in. And the second um, one, he was there. So right. that could be the big, another reason why he left. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, and again, look, yeah. No matter how it works out, uh, it works out well for Syracuse. So Yeah, and he's a, and he's a dual-threat quarterback, so you know that even though in May and Beck, aren't known as guys who have developed dual-threat quarterbacks of the recent times, especially when you look at Brennan Armstrong. They have done it in the past, and of course, that's what the paper style is. So they're, they're doing it. They're going to have to do it with Schrader, and they're probably going to continue doing it based if the Baylor-style offense continues to stick around. Yeah, I mean, Taysom, so, Taysom Hill says hi. Exactly. So, so they they can they can do they've if nothing else they've shown that they can mold whatever the hell they're doing to whatever personnel is in front of them and do it decently well. And if and if anything shows they're good at molding quarterbacks into tight ends. Law okay, <laughs> but I think the the second thing that comes out of this and we mentioned it at the top is that it's the scholarship room for Syracuse is getting a little bit thin, if the, if not non-existent. Yeah, and so with this addition, there were rumors that Syracuse, um, after spring ball, was still looking for people to add in, especially in the trenches, offensive line or defensive line. Steve, as you defensive, know, you can never have even more so. Yes, yeah, that's why I'm saying this. That Steve, you know, as most that offensive line, you can never have enough depth. Very but true. defensive line, especially this year and this particular group that is in Syracuse right now, is very, very unproven. And a little bit, and a little bit yeah. shallow as well. So, bringing in someone who could come in uh, and potentially start right away, kind of like what Cody Roscoe did, although it wasn't like a starter but a regular rotation player, is could could have been very very helpful. Yeah, and yeah, to it's... and to basic, and if we're correct in saying that Syracuse no longer has scholarship spots, that you start to get a little bit worried about what defensive line has to offer next year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what goes on in that. Um, I I don't like where it sits now. We do know Josh Huff has transferred over to the defensive side of the ball, whether that's running both sides a la Mr. Elmore, or uh, he is now a DT and bulking up and doing DT things. Uh, we'll, we'll see where that lands. But that is such a shame, though. I would have loved to see him be a running back. And stick I, there as a running back. I still think there's a chance. I mean, look at look at what has happened with Chris Elmore. That um, is true. 
<laughs> he just will play anywhere. And mm -hmm. if Huff is similarly willing to just play anywhere, he'll be fine. So, yeah. uh, ultimately, um, sorry, I'm trying to dig up the scholarship tracker and see if it's if Mr. Casillo has it up to date. <laughs> Imagine no way, just like a little fe feeding his two kids, and all of a sudden, up oh, quarterback, do 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 type type type. Just um, baby food in one hand, the core, the computer in the other hand. Yeah, I don't know if it's up to date currently, but it is at least up to date with twenty two uh, folks. So by the next podcast, we will have an answer for you as to what the scholarship count is, uh, thanks to uh, former great John Casillo. So. Um, yeah, we'll we'll figure that one out. But either way, uh, a good ad and something that we can hang our hat on, um, fleshing out the QB room with Lampson going down. I I do wonder if there's going to be anyone going out or anyone that, you know, uh, like a PWO that doesn't get a scholarship, if we can get a D lineman in or something along those lines. Um, it's, we're, yeah, that's we're in a weird spot. <laughs> that's pro that's probably what's going to be the case is that you know it's not, you, schools like to reserve that last scholarship spot for a PWO who's like served a lot of time with the yeah. school and who's done well for them and gets rewarded with that scholarship which is of course what what you would like to see um is, but Syracuse doesn't necessarily have the the personnel to do that right now and like while while there's talent that you can be excited about on the defensive line, especially on the front, because Caleb Okachukwu, you know, had some bright shining moments last year. Steve Linton has always been good, but needs to bulk up, um, especially if he's going to be rushing from the edge all the time now. And Terry Lockett is raw, but seems like he has potential. Yep. Behind those guys, it's really young slash unproven, and that's where you get really, really worried about what... You can do maybe, maybe the two big freshmen in Knowlton and Hawkes Jr. Um, step up, but other than that, you're 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 kind of you're kind of have you kind of have question marks all along that defensive line. Yeah, and to but, see them jump up that big as true freshmen, at least both of them enrolled in January, but that's still yes. a huge leap. Exactly, and to be fair, like. What we've seen from the offensive, the defensive line, I should say, in the Tony White three-three-five system, is that you don't necessarily get a ton of protection out of the defensive line. That said, you still want to see them putting up numbers because, of course, that main goal of that de defensive line is to make offensive linemen worried about them. Mm -hmm. And if you're not generating pressure on the quarterback, then it's very easy for the offensive line to just worry about the secondary rushers of Marlowe Wax and. Mikel Jones coming from the linebacker group, which is not what you want. Right. Um, yeah, God. Every time we talk about that D-line, I keep – it's just so thin. You go from yeah. you go from three sixth years and a, mm -hmm. uh, I guess, what, fifth year uh, yeah. after this transfer. So uh, yeah. you go from that to as thin as the cupboards are with this, and it's just – it's crazy to think about. Yeah, and it's a little, it's it's a little bit weird, but it's something that kind of was expected a little bit, just because of the enormous amount of depth and the enormous amount of talent that you had with those 
super seniors that yeah. stuck around for another year. You knew that was going to be good, but you were over, there was always that lingering thought in the back of, okay, like people behind them have to grow up pretty quickly. And we saw that a bit from Okachukwu. And you, Linton's not the ideal guy to put down there, but Linton's a capable edge rusher. We'll see. That's, that's all we can say right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the thing is, you like you know we're going to see Knowlton and Hawkes a lot because Tony White likes to rotate guys a lot. And that's why you saw a lot of Roscoe, Okachuku, and Jonathan last year because White was just constantly rotating those guys in and out of the lineup. Right, and I think that's part of the, you know, keep the legs fresh and keep them being able to do what they're doing. So uh, how, how they do that with uh, as thin of a crew as they've got, I don't know, especially when they're all undersized. Like literally none of them are of standard, uh, you know, D1, P5, D lineman size. Yeah, the heaviest... The heaviest defensive lineman on the roster right now is Kevin Darton at 268. And then it's Elijah Fuentes Cardiff at 266. And then Terry Lockett, really the first of the big uh, people who we think is going to be one of the starters on the offensive line. He's checking in at 266. Excuse me. No, it's actually Caleb. It's Okachuku at 269. Elijah Wright's 277. But yeah. But either way. Either way, we're probably not going to see a lot of right. Oko Chuku at 269. It's, it's a slim 269 as well, well since those, he's at 6'4". Right, and those end spots, it's a different animal. But, yeah. you know, Lockett at, at 264. 264 filling in for Bear is going to be... It's not going to be as fun as he may think it is. Yeah. Between him and Kevin Darden, both of them uh, mm-hmm. might be a little... Little undersized to play, undersized to play that nose. Yeah. Well, a lot of all of this, people who's returning and who's not, leads us very nicely into our next topic surrounding football, and it's that our good friend at ESPN, Bill Conway, Bill C, the former SB Nationer, uh, released his updated SP Plus rankings after uh, all of spring ball and the latest round of transfers has ended. One of the big things that Big C likes in his SP Plus rankings is the returning production because a lot of it's proven in SP Plus that returning production yields good things for programs who are looking to increase win totals. And Syracuse has constantly been at the top of this list for some time in his latest as for the returning for the upcoming season for 2022. And right now in his latest rankings that came out. Uh, just last week, as, as Syracuse is currently sitting in ninth, at eighty percent of their returning of their returning production coming back, and the the only school in the ACC higher than Syracuse is NC State, at eighty-two percent. Right. Yeah, and they're at eight. But so that is so. Other than the defensive line, that's where you know, like Syracuse generally has consistency pretty much all the rest of the way around the field. And based on what we know about what Syracuse is going to put out there on the field, that's a pretty good sign, especially since some of the transfers that also come in could potentially be upgrades as well. Right. If you think about the secondary stuff. Yeah. So there, there, there's good hopes in terms of the returning production area 
of Syracuse. Yeah. But again, the downside is our season opener against Louisville, they're returning 79% of theirs. And Florida State's returning 78. And like we're we're returning we're bringing a lot back, but unfortunately, this murderer's row of a schedule we've got also has a lot of that uh that talent returning, which for better or for worse, um, be it familiarity or, um, well, them just being good, uh, can be a, a double-edged sword. Yeah, and also based on teams that are after it got updated since February, uh, this is Bilsey's first update since February, so about a three-month wait. Notre Dame's returning production has increased by more than 30% based on based on uh transfers and um people entering in and out of the draft so that's a fun thing to keep a lookout of if you want a little short in for a connecticut's returning to production has dropped by 30 percent by i shouldn't say by percent it's actually by spots in his Mm -hmm. and his points in his uh chart i read that wrong but still point still stands yeah do rise by that many spots in the rankings is significant. So, uh, Notre Dame, not great. Connecticut, ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see how that all pans out. I mean, it, mm-hmm. Bill C's always been good at putting this together yeah. and having it be quite accurate. Um, that it's, so it, we we were talking specifically about returning production. Uh, that does tailor into his SP plus rankings. I said it right. I'm glad. Yeah, uh, yay. <laughs> So, Steve, so Steve, Steve's not looking for a secondary job in the stock market. Yeah. <laughs> so Christian mentioned uh, Bill C used to write for SB Nation. When he was with SB Nation, it was S and P plus. And all of us got used to saying that. And then they switched it to SP plus when he went to ESPN. And it really throws a lot of us <laughs> for a loop that have been following it for, for years. But, um, you know, Cuse actually is sitting at about 57th in the SP plus rankings, which uh-huh. I... I don't know if that where that is compared to where the prior. I think that's up from the prior rankings um, before spring ball and that. But, it's about the same. It's about the same area, if I remember. Yeah, Th- that's the good. But that's the good news. Like you know, a top sixty team. You know, like Syracuse fans would probably take that. Oh, the yeah. downside is is when you take a look at the rest of the ACC. Like right. Syracuse is a bottom third team in the ACC based on SP plus rankings. Now, just at the bottom third, though, as the coin flip between them and UVA at 55, um, it's amazing how much of this season, I believe, is going to swing on that game. And it's big that Syracuse is home for that game as well. That could give Syracuse a huge advantage. And also that Beck and A are on our side of it (laughs) instead of the other side of it. So, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we'll like like that until Sean Tucker attempts a pass. True. That's pretty much bound to happen at some point this season, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, you know what? Maybe Carlos Vettorello attempts a pass. You want Chris Elmore to attempt a pass. That's what you really want to see. Oh, 100%. I mean, that goes without <laughs> saying. <laughs> if Rhino can do that, then he's complete. That's like the, uh, you know, everybody playing all nine positions in baseball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that I'm pretty sure that's the football equivalent. If Rhino finally completes the, the cycle. Do you, do you think Ane and Beck are looking at Chris Elmore and they're like, hey, he reminds me of Taysom? 
he's about as versatile, but maybe not in the same ways. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yeah. But, we, but when we get back to the SP Plus rankings, the, the teams on Syracuse's schedule, Clemson, and we went over this last time these rankings were released, but it's good to harp on them again. Just in case people forgot, because I've seen a lot of people talk about how Syracuse should get to six wins and should get to a bowl this year. I don't think it's that easy because when you have Clemson at six, Notre Dame at seven, NC State at 18, Pitt at 19, Florida State at 28, Louisville at 30, UVA at 55, and BC at 76. Like, these aren't going to be pushover games. And you're going to need a very, very strong start to the season yep. before you get to that to that absolute murderous we continue to say murderer's row, but it is a murderer's row of a stretch after the Wagner game. Yeah. When you have NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, Florida State. And then you also have Wake Forest. I forgot Wake Forest. It's also on the schedule, but they're at 49. Right. So, so not great. After, after Wagner, every single team for the rest of the season, except the last game of the season, is currently ranked higher in SP plus than Syracuse. Right. Now, if Syracuse goes out at, you know, primetime, first day, Louisville, and, you know, smacks them upside the head, I have a very different perspective on a good chunk of this. Um, but at this point, there's a lot of, lot of question marks. And when you and, talk about coin flips, there's a lot of coin flips and yeah, not, and not favoring us. Before we get to talking about that Louisville game, let's take a little bit of a halftime break and say thank you to our sponsors of the Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. Home Field Apparel, you're our one-stop shop for all your fancy and great uh, collegiate sports retro apparel. We always love Home Field Apparel for their great stuff. You can get a Vita the Goat shirt. You can get the vintage 90s Syracuse S. That is Steve's absolute favorite shirt as well. They've released two new shirts pretty recently uh, for Syracuse University, detailing the 2003 National Championship win, uh, which is absolutely beautiful. The blue one with the auto, and then, of course, the old dome logo for the glory of Syracuse with the old dome, with the artist formerly known as the Carrier Dome on the shirt. Absolutely. And it's, uh, they just dropped, actually this week, they just dropped uh, Arizona State for Big New Saturday. And I I hate that Homefield can continually make me want to buy other schools apparel. <laughs> that I, that might be the selling point of them. That's why we're the official Tulane fan blog. Because we love Because we love Tulane's Homefield apparel selection. If you've ever wanted a mighty green wave vintage t-shirt then go to home field apparel and get the two lane logo there's a ton of great schools pretty much almost every single acc school is sponsored by home field apparel there's a couple of other new york schools as well such as uh, colgate is on there i believe buffalo was on there at one point i don't think they are anymore but if you wanted a st peter's stuff from their miracle run in the ncaa tournament home field apparel has that as well so, as always, go to the Home Field Appeal. When you're at checkout, bring out the Noons uh, word uh, and the promo code, N-U-N-E-S, 
Type in Noons in the promo code, and you'll get 10% off your order. That's homefieldapparel.com. And thank you to Homefield, as always, for sponsoring the Troy Noons as an absolute podcast. I still stand by the fact that I will have a North Dakota State Bison shirt at some point. I will probably be buying the St. Peter's uh, uh, joggers that they have. Oh, no, those Jesus. are shut out. Never mind. We, we need auto joggers. We do need Connor? auto joggers. That is that is Andy's job to keep parading Connor on that. Um, Connor, Andy will show up as auto uh, for you to do that as well. Oh, what if we don't can tell. find a way to work that? Don't tell. Yeah, don't tell Prager. Don't tell Andy. Don't tell Andy. <laughs> <said that. laughs> Absolutely. Prager's so. got an old auto just folded up in his closet somewhere, right? Yeah, I'm sure. He gets the like, auto signal. There's yeah, just an yeah, exactly, the, yeah. the Noons logo just shows up on the New York skyline, mm-hmm. and Andy shows up in auto as auto somewhere. Yeah, but but the thing is, you know, with Andy, he has to. Um, when that happens, he goes through the Incredibles. Uh, Frozone scene, uh, asking where his, <laughs> asking his wife where his auto costume is. <laughs> That's great. We actually watched that with my son the first time uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I forgot I had forgotten how great that movie is. That is a great movie. Now we need a video of Andy recreating that scene with his wife. Yes, absolutely. Pregler, get on that. Um, get on. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, other yeah. other things we're getting on is apparently the primetime bandwagon. We are getting on the primetime back when, as Steve alluded to, the Louisville the opening game against Louisville. First of all, shudders that the opening game is against Louisville, HCC opponent. But that is a primetime game. It's an 8 o'clock game as well. And so you get a lot of time on the morning and afternoon of September 3rd to enjoy the surroundings around the brand new christening of the JMA Wireless Dome. And you get... A lot of time to enjoy the new naming of that dome before entering the dome and watching Syracuse play Louisville. And if that's one primetime game not enough, well, you get two because Syracuse is also playing UConn at UConn at night as well at 7 p.m. The Louisville game will be aired on ACC Network and the UConn game is going to be aired on CBS Sports Network. That's followed by the Purdue game, which is not a primetime game, unfortunately. It's a 12 p.m. game that is actually going to be on ESPN2. And then we all know the Virginia game is the night game on Friday. So a lot of primetime action, a lot of eyes that are going to be on Syracuse in good hours. Primetime and and nooners. There is nothing more Syracuse than primetime and nooners. (laughs) Two o'clock and four o'clock kickoffs in Syracuse are myths. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. although, you know, the breakfast tailgate that early in the season isn't a bad thing. Uh, so, uh, we'll, we'll make the most of that, you know, uh, beyond that, I'm the, the eight o'clock Friday or eight o'clock Saturday kickoff intrigues the hell out of me. Like it's been a while since we've seen one of those in the dome. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's an interesting one. I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the actual, like, ACC football Twitter that announced all of this because they announced all the first games that were happening on that day. So the so the other ones that are happening that day, BC Rutgers, who wants to watch that? Shutter. Uh, the other things happening in that game, NC State, uh, ECU, uh, Duke Temple, uh, UNC Appalachian State. Miami's playing some team. Good lord, what is that team? <laughs> and Virginia's playing. Virginia's playing Richmond. So that is 
probably the best game that you could ask for in the prime time slot to have to 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 put into the prime time slot that's of the games that are happening on Saturday. Yeah, no, and it it works. I mean, it's just been a while since Syracuse has seen that. Um, I'll be uh-huh. curious. I'll be curious how the hell handles it. It's a uh, it's going to be a long day for a lot of fans. Yeah, I I don't think a lot of fans are used to having uh tailgates tailgates throughout the entire day. Yeah, waiting until no, it's it's going to be it's probably not going to be a pretty sight, but we'll uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, that's one of those where I'm glad yeah. I'll be covering uh, so so that I miss a good chunk of that mess and. Uh, I'm sure. Well, I'll. I know I'll be down uh, manning the grill on Harrison Street for uh, uh-huh. a good chunk of that afternoon. So, um, if uh, yeah, anyone anyone feels stopping down to Harrison Lot, <laughs> that'll be the uh, the. I guess the noon's tailgate because I'm the only person I know that's actually going to the games. <laughs> so outside of well, I mean you and I covering it. So well, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, Steve, have you ever heard of Bethune Cookman? Yeah, that's who. That's they made the NCAA my... tournament a couple of years ago. I've, really? I've, I've remembered them in basketball, but not. Uh... Yeah, so that's who Miami's playing on on opening weekend in Daytona Beach. Yeah, football. <laughs> hmm. I did not know they had a football team. <laughs> I did not know that was a school to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> yep, D one one double A. Oh, that's why. That's their that's their one double A team that they're yep. playing. Okay, yep. they're in the MIAC. I assume well, a lot of I assume a lot of schools take a look at Wagner and Colgate and are like, "What are those teams?" <laughs> uh, so. NFL alumni. They do have a good bit of NFL alumni. Oh, really? None, none of which I actually recognize. Exactly. Exactly. May have been a while ago. Tony Samuels. Uh, that name sounds familiar. Larry Little, who played in um, 1963, is in the mm. Hall of Fame. <laughs> but beyond that, no, I got I got minimal. Mm. So well, yeah. we might, we we managed to go 35 minutes in the last week of May talking about football. If people who say there's no football news happening, oh, you no. are sorely mistaken. Middle middle of May, you don't get uh, <laughs> don't get any better. Oh, I'm. I did lie about Bethune Cookman. They are not a NCAA team, but they were in the NIT in 2010, 2011. Were we in the NIT that year? No, Is that, that where was, I know them from. No, wasn't that the that wasn't that the Onawaku injury year? Or was that the year before? Uh, I think that was 0910, wasn't it? Okay. Uh, either way, um, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. But they are a school, and they are being played by Miami. <laughs> they, they are confirmed to school. Well, oh yeah, that was with all that back. God damn it! Yeah, now I'm just remembering all that. Yep. So, well, let's that, let's try and scrub some of that basketball talk out. With more basketball talk. Yeah. Because uh, Syracuse has announced more games that are happening in the newly christened JMA Wireless Stone, which will take forever to get used to, and no one will actually say except for the public address announcer. Um, so Sounds two great. new games, two new games have been added to Syracuse's schedule. One of them far more interesting than the other, based on recent results. The first one is Oakland. Uh, Syracuse has 
played Oakland four times in its history and has won all four games against Oakland. So that should be another fun tune-up game for Syracuse. The other game that got announced, which should be very, very interesting, is Colgate. Colgate, who has completely <sighs> dominated the Patriot League over the past couple of years, made a lot of uh, splashes with a single-digit RPI ranking during the 2020 COVID year is a team that is, again, going to probably give Syracuse a lot of trouble. It's a program that's been on the rise, and of course, Syracuse lost them last year because of deciding to not defend the three. And uh, this is a Colgate team Or that, defend anything, for that matter. Well, that is, you know, besides the point. Um, <laughs> when Colgate puts up 100 on you, mm-hmm. yeah, things are, things are weird. Yeah, and Colgate is another team that, again, actually gave a good shout in the first round of the NCAA tournament, only losing by seven to Wisconsin in a 3-14 matchup. And while they don't return their leading star in Nellie Cummings, it's still a program that I think expects to be around for a while. And with a lot of the new depth that's on the Syracuse team, that's... And that's a game that has all the makings of another trap game, just like it was last year. Absolutely. And it's... I hate... I, I like that Colgate's getting better. I hate that it becomes a question mark on Syracuse's schedule now. Um, yeah, just with me the too. Current, current state of Colgate. Um, it, it would be awesome to have a you know in-state rivalry with someone who is functionally a good team. But it also is mildly scary. <laughs> so. Yeah, because you would normally think that'd be St. John's, right? But but St. John's is currently St. John's right now. Yeah, St. And... John's or you know uh, Buffalo's on the up or had been, mm-hmm. and like there's there's options. Yeah, but Sienna had their splash for a while. Yeah, um, like. But Colgate, I did not expect, and it worries me because, well, it just worries and Colgate, me. <laughs> and Colgate's a lot closer than any of those teams yeah, as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. When you, it's a, it's also one of the wonders of Syracuse when Colgate's only 35 miles away, yet it still takes an hour to get to Syracuse from Colgate well, and that's vice versa. That's because you have to stop at Ray Brothers on the way. Well, yes, but still. like. <laughs> Yeah, you make you make a good point, but still. Right, like no matter you're driving down Route 20, you are compelled to pull into Ray Brothers. There is no question <laughs> about this. Um, yeah, no, it's it's gonna be weird, but um, I I think we'll uh, I think we'll get through it this year, hopefully. Yeah, maybe, Syracuse, maybe we learned lessons. <laughs> maybe, but Syracuse is Syracuse is probably hoping that a guy like Benny Williams kind of makes an O'Shea per se set kind of like jump and Quincy Guerrier type of jump that they made in yeah. from their freshman to sophomore years. And that's so funny. I mentioned that because O'Shea is in the news. Yay. O'Shea Brissett, who made the freshman to sophomore jump and has continued making the jump every time he's had a chance yeah. to make a jump. Mm-hmm. It's impressive to see O'Shea, especially after his incredible season with Indiana. We thought after the Indiana coaching change from last year, when he was called up during the pandemic season, that he probably wouldn't get too much run. But no, he's actually pretty much cemented himself as a good role player in the um, 
in the NL lineup. Uh, average just under 10 points per game, about five boards a game, which is pretty, pretty good. And now he's been called up to the Canadian national team for basketball, which is very cool. And he's part of uh, teams that are looking to take it to the FIBA champion, the FIBA World Cup in 2023. I do like that course. with Syracuse's track record, you had to specify called up to the Canadian national team for basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because we feed well, all of Canadian national teams. Well, we'll get to, we'll get to our weekly Syracuse soccer report in just a bit as well. Um, with the international breaks coming up all around because of the European League's ending. Yep. Uh, but it, it's cool to see that, you know, O'Shea is going to be, is one of the guys called up to this Canadian national team. And there's, you know, a lot of good players that are on this Canadian national team. You have R.J. Barrett, O'Shea himself. You have Shea Gilders, Alexandra, uh, Jamal Murray, Kelly Olenek. Like, those are, like, no pushover names. And so to see him get into the mix with some of those NBA stars who are Canadian as well is, is very, very good for Syracuse basketball. And Syracuse in general, because we pride ourselves at being Canadians college program. Yeah, no, it's in, in any and all sports, we will support being Canada's college program. Uh-huh. And Just yeah. Shout, yeah, shout out, shout out to Tyrell Richards and, uh, Kingsley Jonathan, who, who will hopefully tear it up in the CF, CFL yeah. in, the, in the future. So they come down here, and we also send them back there, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's incredible. Um, a couple more things that we can talk about. Yes, Syracuse actually does a lot of things in the news. Um, back when we didn't think Syracuse would do a lot of things in the news. Uh, the, the, the first one being... Uh, a a Forbes article that came out from Adam Zagaria, uh, basically talking about NIL because we all know NIL is one of the biggest things in the news right now. And the headline reads: Syracuse's Jim Beheim says NIL is good for college basketball because it makes some teams stronger, which hmm. is an interesting way to look at it. The first quote that he puts out is. That Beheim, that Zagoria puts out from Beheim is by the NIL guys at Carolina, guys at Miami, guys at these schools are coming back because they're making more money than they make in the G League. So it wasn't meant to do that, but college teams this year, several, are going to be a lot stronger than they would have been because of NIL. Oh. And while that's, that's cool, and while that's cool for the ACC, and it's cool for college basketball because you get to see good talent stick around in colleges for longer. For Syracuse, that's not necessarily a good thing. No. It's no stranger to anyone who listens to this podcast because you're probably a fan of Syracuse sports and Syracuse athletics that Syracuse isn't flush with money. And because of that, Syracuse isn't flush with sponsors who are willing to dish out money as well. Except if you want Wi-Fi in the dome or something, but besides right. that, like so, so does that like can JMA like provide free wireless to all of our recruits? Or? 
Like you don't have, you don't have to pay that writer on your bill for free wireless in your dorm. This 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 is where Billy Fusillo's death is an unfortunate thing because he'd be a great way to sell that to okay. recruits. Absolutely. <laughs> oh God. Um, you missed oh, those commercials. Of, of no, no, I, I, no, <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, but. <laughs> But of note, uh, I do want to mention that uh, since we haven't had a Steve is old moment, for those older than me, I know we didn't mention St. Bonaventure in the New York teams, so I apologize. Uh, that's for folks older than me because I don't even remember that. So here's our Steve is old moment. There you go. And Colgate is still closer to Syracuse than St. Bonaventure is. So the point still stands. Accurate statement. Um, yeah. Now that could change if LeMoyne becomes a D1 program. True. Go back about four weeks to hear that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Croy Noons is a snap submission where we love plugging our old stuff. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Somebody's got to. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, in new stuff, we are starting up Get to Know uh, this week. So be ready for your rush of be ready for your rush of Syracuse football people previews. We player, love player our Get to Knows. Yep. As you, for those of you who don't know, our get to knows. Um, if you if you don't know, like you probably already know, because if you're listening to this podcast, you probably also read the site. But every summer we do our get to know your orange man of all the Syracuse football roster, and it will be cool to get to know pretty much everyone on the Syracuse football roster. Some new names, some not so new names. Exactly. Currently, I'm starting it off with a punter. So. Well, that was by choice for you. Yeah, I mean, why not? And when we get to the O line, it'll just be a week of me talking about I'm, people. So. I mean, that's why that's why I left most of the O line blank <laughs> because I knew like it's like I I can't add anything to that. Just let Steve do that. Okay, we'll just we'll just let him run. Yeah, exactly. I'll just I'll skip the rest of the roster. Let everybody else do that, and I'll just go mm-hmm. dive into the O line. Exactly. Because Steve is the guy who will spend. Uh, an hour analyzing the third string right tackles tape. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to try and deny that, but there's no way I can deny <laughs> that. So, okay. Yeah. I will. Um. <laughs> Comedy is always somehow based in truth. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so, no, I think so, uh, it, it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting what, well, where did we go before we tangent like eight times there? Well, we were talking about Jim Bayon talking about NIL oh, was yeah. good somehow. Which, um, which contradicts him saying that it was bad the week prior. Yes. So. It's because I think both can be true for Syracuse, actually. Yeah, I, it's, because because the the way he's saying it, it's it's good for college basketball as a whole because it keeps it incentivizes athletes to stay in college basketball and not search for pro stuff too early. Right. But it's bad for Syracuse because they're not in a position to take advantage of that. Yeah, it's it's the definition of the things can be two things concept, but with Syracuse if they can somehow find a sugar daddy somewhere it could help out the program. I mean, I know Weitzman has already come out and said he doesn't want to deal in NIL, um, but someone of a similar stature that could, you know, jump in and 
throw money at some of these recruits, we're not going to be rolling in SEC cash, but it's at least um, you know something to make uh, Syracuse competitive with the rest of the tier of programs that they're in. Like, we're not going to throw Texas money at kids. No. Or even Jacksonville State money at kids. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a weird spot that it puts Syracuse in. But I think, I also think after another couple of years, we'll see where this is actually fleshing out and where it's going to go. Um, I question, I guess I wanted, I want, I'm glad NAL happened, and I'm glad the transfer portal thing happened. The fact that they both happened at the same time, <laughs> I think, threw things into a little bit too much of a tumult. Oh, yeah. And that it just is throwing things into the Wild West, and we're going to have to see where it all fleshes out. Well, hopefully someone who likes Syracuse enough can throw some money at Syracuse to help have them join in, in the NIL fun as well. Absolutely. So to wrap things up here on the podcast, let's do our favorite uh, Syracuse update on soccer because we all love our soccer. We all love our soccer update. Um, Oh wait, you're you're talking about me pulling Alex Bono in Ultimate Team, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Totally. Of course, I am. Perfect. Um, Well, other than that, there's actually you know other soccer news is that of course Canada has released its roster for. The upcoming uh, CONCACAF Nations League uh, yeah. qualifiers that are coming up. No surprise, Tejan and Kamal are on there. And of course, no surprise that Miles will not be on, unfortunately, the USA roster because of his injury. So sad times. Absolutely. it's uh, It still hurts to think about every time uh-huh. because he had played himself into being a lock. And now he's yeah. not there anymore. Based based on the news that happened this week, transfer wise as well, Miles could have actually been a candidate to go to Leeds. I mean, everybody had, else is going there. Why not? Yeah, you had Jesse Marsh there, American coach. He just signed one. They just signed one of America's biggest talents there, and Brendan Harrison. Like that could have been a good landing spot for him. Yeah, and it was a Premier League team as well. And they've actually talked about. Uh, somebody else heading that direction. I can't remember who. Um, not Paxton Pomacall. Uh, oh, God. Of course, this is where my brain breaks down. But either way, there was another American that was looking at being linked to Leeds. Um, would be interesting to see, you know, uh, whether Miles is the caliber to day in, day out be a Premier League defender. I don't know. Um, but he's pretty he he's much more ready for that than matt miazga was when he made the move to chelsea so yeah. as much as much as that pains me to say being a red bulls fan yeah so it, it's it really sucks for miles that he missed this window and that he and through no fault of his own i think oh, that's no. a real freak injury yeah i as someone who's been through it, I am totally aware. <laughs> One's <laughs> one one wrong step, and you're just like, uh, "There's nothing supporting my leg." Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, it's we'll we'll see where that pans out for him. Um, fortunately for Team Canada, Tejan and Kamal Miller are both in decent form and both being called in for these games. Um, I don't know if Canada's playing a couple of friendlies in addition to the qualifier or the uh, Nations League like we are. 
but um, it, it's all going to be along the uh, the break, and we'll see what uh, see what happens out of those. Yay, soccer! Absolutely. Boo, Manchester United! Why do you give me so much pain? I. That, that's a whole different <laughs> podcast, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we could talk for way too long about that, too. Mm-hmm. We could talk a, lo- a lot longer about the Premier League and the soccer stuff, but I know most people are going to tune out to that. So we'll just end it right here and again say thank you all for listening and joining us here on the Troy Newton Snaps Loop Podcast. If you're watching this uh, live, thanks for watching live and hit the subscribe button down on Twitch or the follow button. And if you're listening on your podcast of choice, Give us a rating of five stars. Give us a good rating, thumbs up, whatever it is. Leave a comment as well, as Andy says always, so that we can trick the algorithm and make sure everyone is following the Ottoman Empire. If you're reading and watching on the site as well, the next day that we post this, tomorrow on Tuesday, or whenever you are, great. Thank you all so much for watching and listening and leave a comment down as well. We're getting into the off-season stuff, so we won't be doing a lot of... The podcast might get a little less regular in the off-season, just because, of course, it's probably not going to be a lot of Syracuse news to talk about watch as more people transfer into and out of the program over the next week. But we'll have to wait and see when that happens. Yep, moving forward uh, for well, the foreseeable mm-hmm. future, we're going to pl- probably play it by year. You may mm-hmm. not get the full trifecta, as you can see today, uh, as yeah. the summer progresses and the offseason progresses, but um, we we will try and put out what we can and you know keep it relatively consistent. Yeah. Uh, we may miss a week or two here or there, but uh, no matter what, appreciate everybody listening. Yeah. And... and- with uh, with Andy not here this week, we might next week do our year-end review of every program that we didn't get a chance to this week because Andy wasn't here. Yeah. So we'll do we'll most likely be able to do that next week. So tune in on Sunday at 8 p.m. I know it's Monday today, but that's because we were all enjoying Memorial Day weekend, and that was fun. So oh, you were let's... enjoying it. I was helping my sister move in New Hampshire. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. that's why i took before the podcast i was out on our boat like i I took two hours i was like i'm going and just relaxing (laughs) so so yeah that was my fun memorial day yeah they will have fun next week uh most likely when we wrap up all of what happened in syracuse in 2021-22 and the good and most of the bad that happened in that year as well so tune in Sounds next week right. at 8 p.m. on Sunday for that or when we release it on your podcast listening platform of choice. Until then, thanks all for watching. Troy Noons an Absolute Podcast. And as always, go Orange. Go Orange. <laughs>